Fine. The second, the second tarot we're recording. Uh, kind of jump into it. Just one point. So in the beginning of the uh, in the Rav Chaim Kramer notes, he mentions that this tarot was given in uh, the year 1801, but is in response to one of Rabbi Nachman's Talmidim, Rav Shlomo Isaac, or Shlomo Yitzchak, I don't know who it was. But in any event, he had a dream that he was walking in an endless forest and he encountered a man with a double-edged sword. We'll see the significance, but this is what the Torah was in response to. Follows a man to his house and he's told that he could take a similar sword if he's free from Pagam Habris, which is... Uh, uh, sexual blemishes, and also he knows how to use the sword properly. Ultimately, he's enveloped by these dark clouds, and he's unable to take the sword, and it goes on from there. So the entire starts off, Lashon Rabbeinu Zechron Levracha, and Rav Kramer also points out that some of the Tyras were specifically from manuscripts left for Rabbi Rabbi Nachman. The language sometimes is a little bit more terse. A lot of the other ones were either transcribed or reconstructed afterwards, and then they were shown to Rabbi Nachman for approval. So wherever it's Lashon Rabbeinu Zechron Levracha, it points out that these are specifically the Lashon. Starts off, Ayem Rashem al Moshe, Emer al Kainim bin Aaron via Marta, Alayem Lenefesh, Lo Yitama Ba'amav, Moshe Rabbeinu is warning the Kainim that they shouldn't become Tame Mace, and we're going to come back to the Pasuk at the end of the Taira. Isa, the Sifr Ditsniusa, there's uh, certain sections, it's a section within the Zaira, embedded in the Zaira with uh, five prakim that correspond to Hamisha Chamshe Torah, I think it's pieces by Truma, it has the, uh, the note. But anyway, there's a certain, uh, there's a certain section of the Zaira, and it brings Minukva de Pardaska. The, uh, the, we'll give a little, we'll say, we're going to stick basically to the Torah, we'll give just a short, uh, little bit of Akdam in a second, but he, he mentions, we'll say, we'll say now, the, the, uh, there's just, by way of a brief Hakdama, and we'll kind of work it in, because a lot of the feedback last time is to try to keep it as much, you know, grounded as possible, to try to work in takeaways. The, the, uh, we know that obviously there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a reason for creating the world, and therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us a way of connecting with him, and there's a chilek of the Torah, of Tarish of Al-Ped, that relates to Panimia Satira and uh, trying to conceptualize. We can't talk about HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, as it were, at all, or why he wanted something, but we can talk about what he wants and what he wants from us in, in terms of how the mitzvahs affect things and the hishtalshalus of the Bria. The, uh, in other words, a person can know that the way that I walk into room and I need to do something is I could tur- turn on the lights. If a person wants to, and that's legitimate, and you can function in a house understanding what the switches do. If a person wants to go a little bit beneath the surface, you can understand how the wiring works, and it's going to give you a little bit more depth. At some point, possession points this out, actually says, a person doesn't have to understand how electricity works in order to understand what to do with it. So a lot of the things that we learn about relate to how we relate to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and it, it has its own language. A lot of, a lot of, from an Avoda perspective, a lot of it you'll see terms like man and mad, mayim nukhven, mayim dukhven, it's how we, in, we're mis, you know, misire certain actions, how, how, we, how we inspire mm-hmm. certain things, and a certain hanhaga that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to be responsive back to us. The problem is, is that since a Kaddish Baruch Hu is infinite, we can't really talk about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. What we can do is Hashem creates created the world in a specific way that we can see what Hashem created. Since HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to have a relationship with us, He created the world in such a way that it reflects what's going on upstairs, and we can look at Hashem's maizim and His, his kashras with us, right? If you know how to build a skyscraper, right, Baruch, and you build a porch, so I don't know anything about your capabilities 
other than the, our our makom where we have a hiskashra, so where our makom where we meet. So the extent to which I can speak about you has to do with our interaction. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is not limited by any sort of system that's within the world, other than the fact that He decided to interact with us in a certain way and to make the bria work in a certain way, and therefore we can work our way backwards. Ephraim Goldstein one time pointed out, he said, any safer that talks about any of these types of inyanim is always going to start with a paragraph warning us not to be magashem and not to talk about anything that has to do with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore we're going to use certain mashalim. And I, I, I'm not going to go off on anything, I just wanted to point this out because he says there's, there's two general types of mashalim that are used in order to just have a handle to talk about any of these things. Either we talk about Tzuras Isis, which we're going to talk a little bit reference later in the Torah, certain ways there's Yud, yud there is uh, different, uh, as you, uh, with uh, gematria, there's different ways that you talk about the Seamus. There's one way, and then there's another way that we relate to it, with it which is Tzuras Adam, which is all over the place. Rav Dessler mentions, he says, you know, we, uh, people have, uh, everybody wants to plug a Kaddish Baruch into the, their box. So you'll see something in the Yad Hashem, or Hashem's eyes. So what they say is, well, what's a Yad? A Yad is the way that I interact with the world. And therefore, what does the Torah mean? The Torah means Yad Hashem. It's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts with the world. I, th- I think Rav Dessel points that. He says, the, the truth is, is that it's the opposite. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a certain Hanhag with the world that's called Yad Hashem. There's an example of that, which is the thing that's on the end of the human wrist, which is how we interact with the world. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu has certain Hanhagas. They reflect so that it gives us away. We think HaKadosh Baruch Hu is like a father. No, the way you are similar to a father, a true Avinu Shabashamayim is a Hanhaga that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has with us. That's really the, the core Rachamim, the core everything is, it relates to how HaKadosh Baruch Hu deals with us in a certain Hanhaga, which even those things don't relate to Hashem Himself, but they relate to how HaKadosh Baruch Hu does. And everything that we have over here is a template for what's going on upstairs. If you look at Nefesh Haim, there's Surah Adam, and then there's the Mishkan, and there, we talk about it in terms of Ramach Varim and Shasagidin. These are, these are, different types of mishalom that we could use but not because they exist so one of the one of the ways as the terms come up is there's if you think about like you know one of those molecule charts there's different spheres and those are usually oftentimes laid out as right and left and center and those those relate to we, we talked yesterday there's keser chachma bina uh, there, there's chesed gvur teferis however those work out and then when you have one of those molecules together those form a klal called the parts of and as we relate to it so there's different terms for our purposes, we don't have to get into that, and I'm not qualified to do it anyway. But in terms of one of these partsufin, in terms of a world, there's something, this is enough for all we have to know. There's something called Arach Anpin, and one of the terms that we use for that is that there's Oizen Chaitem Ped, there's going to be an element of this called the Chaitem. What does it mean? I don't know. It's one of the Hanhagas of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu interacts with the world. And for our purposes, the Safra de Tzinus of the Zayar says like this, Minukva de Pardaska, from the, the hole of the nose, the, the af, this Hanhaga that's called Chaitem, Moshach Rucha Lechayei Lemishcha. There's some sort of a life force or a Shefa that goes towards Mashiach. And therefore, step number one of the Torah is that we're going to see that Mashiach derives his Kayach from this, the Nekev Chaitem. So put that in a pocket, and hopefully as we move on, we're going to come more to an Akuda that, uh, that we can take points of Avoda from. So now we see that Mashiach relates, it draws its Kayach from this Nekev HaChaitem.
Okay, next point. So at this point, as he says, what is this Indian of the Chaitem and what's the Kayach of Mashiach and what do we do with that? Ki Iker Klei Zenai, the Iker, a person can have a lot of weapons or whatever it is in their arsenal. The Iker Klei Zenai Shel Mashiach, the Iker weapon of Mashiach, in order that he's going to come and he's going to be Mavatel the Kayachas Hara. We just had all of the, uh, the, the Tfilas in Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, who had Tfilah. So the Iker weapon in Mashiach. Mashiach's arsenal is tefillah, shehu bechinas chaitem. And the bechina, we see that the ikr kayach of Mashiach derives through the chaitem, and the ikr clay zayin that Mashiach is going to use is coming from a kayach at tefillah. And now we're going to say that tefillah therefore aligns with this, this bechina of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this attachment point that relates to the chaitem, k'may shakasav utehilasi echtam lach. It's a pasuk in Yeshayahu. The full pasuk says, l'man shmi arich api utehilasi echtam lach. At the end, we'll say either of our Torah, if we have time, or maybe I'll record it, just understanding some of the, you know, how we relate. We just had the Yud Gimel Midas on Yom Kippur. We talked about Erech HaPayim. But the Pasuk says, Laman Shmi Arach Api, for my, for my shame, for Kvayd Shemayim, I will forbear, I'm reading from the Art Scroll, Rav Schwab, Rishayahu, I shall forbear my anger, Utilasi Achtem Lach, and I shall hold back for you, Levilti Hachrisecha, not to destroy you. And Rav Schwab points out, the word Echtem does not occur anywhere else in Tanakh. So he says we can talk about it, the meaning a little bit. For our purposes, though, what we need is tehilasi echtam. So tehila is a lashon of tefillah. He says echtam lach. My pr- in the pasuk it says my praise is that I'm going to, so to speak, the anger is associated with the nose. So like if you have a erech apayim, a long nose, so to speak, what it means is that the breath of anger won't come out. And there's a reason that we refer to it in those terms, but not for now. For our purposes, we see that tefillah is just a source. Tefillah, Tehilasi Echtam, is associated with this Kayach of the Chaitem. So again, Mashiach's Iker Kayach is going to be associated with Chaitem, and Chaitem is also a reference to Tefillah. Umisham Iker Chayuso, and this is going to be his Iker life force, V'chol Macham Toshiyase, V'chol Akvisha Seyichbosh, and all of the wars, the battles that Mashiach is going to go into, and whatever, he's going to be Kaivesh HaKol Misham. Some pieces, this is the Sefer, will be more or less accessible last week. Hopefully we'll be able to do a good job, but we go forward and we do our best. A source in the Pasuk, uh, now we're going to bring, so this isn't a Zayar. Let's just see a source in a Pasuk that this is how, this uh, is associated as well. Kamaisha Kasov, Vaharicha Biyiras Hashem, in the beginning of of Yeshayahu, it talks about the Mashiach is going to come and he's going to judge. It says, V'yatza, Chaiter, Megeza Yishai, a shoot is going to come forth from the trunk of Yishai, it's going to blow, get, grow roots and so forth. And it talks about, it says, the, uh, uh, sorry, it says, V'nachal of Ruach Hashem, Ruach Chach, Mabina, Ruach Eitzel, Vua, Ruach Das, V'yiras Hashem, V'haricho B'yiras Hashem. How is he going to come judge? He's not going to use his eyes and he's not going to hear. It's going to be Vaharichai Beyiras Hashem. This is going to be the Kayach that Mashiach, the Melech HaMashiach, is going to use. And this representative of this Ruach Hashem, of this, this, this cognition, this sensitivity, this idea that he's going to be able to smell, as it were, in order to judge, is associated also with the Reach, which relates also to the nose. So we see again that this idea of Mashiach's Kayach relating to this Bechina of the Chaitem, which we said is Tehilasi Echtam, which relates also to Tefillah, is associated also with the nose. Ze Bechina's Chaitem, fine. Further... 
Ze Iker Klezeno, this is his Iker Kayach, Moshe Kasov. Like we're going to say that when Yaakov uh, benched Yosef, he says, Vani Nasati Lachashem Echad Alachach Asher Kachtim Yad Amori. He goes on, he says, Becharbi Ubekashti. These were his weapons. The Iker weapon with which he was able to go forward against Esav was Charbi and Kashti. And Ra- Perish Rashi, which is not on the Pasuk, it's in Baba Basra, he says that Tfila Ubakasha. I think Uncle might say it also, but, but he says that the that the weapons that Yaakov was able to use to be goiver the other forces to be goiver and Esav to get uh, to get the bechayra he used Harbi and Kashti and that, that we relate to as tefillah Moshe Kasev Kiloi Bekashti Eftach Belohim Hilalnu that we don't fight with our with our bow and right we don't fight with our weapons of war but rather Belohim Hilalnu we do it through Bakasha Bechinas Vatilasi Echdam Lach so we set that up. Now, so, so now, if Mashiach's Iker Klizayin, so the way that we're setting up is that Mashiach is ultimately going to come in the ultimate sense, the ultimate a, a way that, that Klal Yisrael and Mashiach at the end of days is going to be gover over the negative forces, the counter forces, is going to be through a Bechina called Chaitem, whatever exactly that, that, that is as it relates to it, that's our Mashal, that relates Be'iker to a Koyach HaTfila. So we see that Tfila is our Iker way of being gover over counter forces, and if it's true for Mashiach, it's true for us all. Also, how are we zoicha to this type of a complete tefillah? Vizekli zayin, this type of a weapon, tzarech lekabel aide tchinas bechinas yosef hainu shmiras habres. This bechina is yosef again. He talks in terms of the pnimius of bringing out the personalities that we encounter in Tanakh. He says that this bechina is going to uh, is going to be through yosef, which is shmiras habris. Yosef is right. The sixth aliyah is yesaid. If you look at the way that the spheres are laid out in Surah Adam, our mashal's yesaid relates to the icebreeze kaidesh, and yosef is representative of this bechina. And it, we're going to see that if if we work on the, the shmiras of this, we don't have the pagam of shmiras habris. Habris, so then we are going to have our Iker weapon, which we said in that dream is the sword, and that's going to be the way that we could be Gaiver. What's a Raya? Kamaisha Kasov, the Pasuk in Tehillim, Chagar Charbacha Al Yarech, that it says that you should gird your sword on your loins, which he quotes over here is the Zayar, that the, where they wear the sword, that's the area of the lower waist, it's the area that is representative also, it's taught about the Makam Abris, and we see that a Tzadik has, what's his weapon? The weapon is going to be, uh, is ultimately associated with the Makam Abris, and we know that the weapon we just said is Tefillah. That the, the, the kings are going to come from the Zerah of David, and Mashiach is going to come also, Zebachinus Mashiach, and that's Bechinus Tfilah. Because it says, it continues, So he's putting this together that our Iker Koyach to be Goiver, the counterforces that exist in the world are through Tfilah. It exists by Mashiach in the ultimate sense, and it exists by us in a more local sense. The way that we can relate, that we can achieve this Tfilah is ultimately through, uh, is, is ultimately, or the, the essential way is through Shmiras Habris, which we, uh, we relate to Yosef as well. I don't. Uh, I don't know specifically. Just a thought that I had in terms of why shmiras habris, in a, in, a, in a certain sense, right? That 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 function of the of, of the human being, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, is Eilim Chesed Ibana. Shmiras habris is that when we deal with kedusha dekenyanim, this is how we reproduce. It's how we perpetuate the world. It's how we bring the shamas to the world, right? And in a certain sense, if we take that, fa- the tefillah is ultimately his batlas. When we take something that we're able to be 
godlike to be able to be givers and we turn that into a selfish pleasure the ultimate sense of being able to be uh, of being able to give off shefa and extend ourselves and we turn that into a into something that's self-serving that's be'etzim the opposite of his batlas which is avaydish abelev which is tefillah maybe that's why it connects but either way he seems to say that there's this reciprocal relationship between tefillah and between shmir sabris Yosef, uh, and explaining that Yosef was Zeichef for Tefillah through Shmir Sabris. He says, V'yayshef Shashamar Sabris in two ways. First of all, the Nisayan with Potiphar, and second of all, it says that the Egyptian women would stand like on the walls and they would be uh, throwing things at Yosef, Natal Esa Bechaira. So he was ultimately took the Bechaira, which is Pishnayim, right? Shehu Bechinas Avaydas we're going to tie together the Bechaira and Tefillah. So Yosef, who specialized or represented, as it were, in a certain sense, Yisait, and this idea of Shmir Sabris, ultimately, last Torah, we also spoke about Yosef and the Bechar, and the idea that, uh, that, that the ultimate way of, uh, of, of attaching to, to Chain and Tefillah was in, in, a different, uh, in a different vein we went through. But over here, he says that Yosef was Zeichah to the Tefillah, uh, to the Bechaira, to Pishnayim through Tefillah. Bechin is Pishnayim, because Tefillah also has two elements. Ki Tefillah hu Pishnayim, Shnayim sheish so there's two elements to tefillah. One of them is shvach of Akadosh Baruch Hu. It's relating to Akadosh Baruch Hu. And the other one is where we connect and we ask Akadosh Baruch Hu for what we need. And the same way that Bechayr is Pishnaim, tefillah is Pishnaim. And we see that Yosef was ultimately Zoycha to this double-edged sword, as it were, to this Pishnaim through Shmir Sabris. V'hu Bechinais, Cherev Pifiais Biyadam. Uh, it, it says, Where do we go against the Goyim? Where do we go against all of these counter forces? Through Pishnaim. What's Pishnaim? Pishnaim is Tefillah. How do we get Tefillah? We get Tefillah through Shmiras, through Shmiras Habris. And again, going backwards, we see, trying to hold it together, that Mashiach also, the ultimate uh, extinguishing of these counter forces, will also come about through Tefillah, which we related to this desire that spoke about, and the Pasuk and the which spoke about the, the coming through the Bechin of and this is Bechinish Nepiais, Bechinais Pi Ishnaim through the Bechirant Fila. And therefore, the Alkain, Yosef. Yosef b'shvil shezocha lebechinas tefila she bechinas tehilasi echdam Yosef that was zoycha to this uh, this tefila which is in the bechina of chaitim that we've been discussing. See, I don't know if this is what you signed up for for the last two weeks. We'll do our best. I see the look. Bechinas chius hanimshach minukva de pardaska canal. So he's taught he's tying into this. To Yosef is tying. The first Mashiach is Mashiach ben Yosef, but Yo- Yosef himself is tying into this bechina that we said is beetzem the ultimate weapon against these counterforces. Alkei nikra ben Pyrus Yosef. So this is a a reference or. Almost a Kabbalistic tie-in to whatever degree we understand, but you have to kind of gather these nuggets until they fit together. Mm-hmm. But in the Pneumius, we see that Yosef, that the Bechin of Yosef related to this because we say Ben Pyras Yosef, Shehem Bechinas Tafresh Pevav Ayrais. 686 Ayrais. If you count that the Pyras is Ben Pyras is Gematria. 686. Shiva Shemos, just speak it out, we don't understand it, but again, just showing in the Pneumius Hadavar that Yosef is represented this idea, ideas that Absagma Ben, there's different ways that come up. We said that there's, that there's different Mashalim. We could talk about Tzuras Adam, we talk about Tzuras Osios. One of the ways that we talk about Hashem Samhag with the world through the Yud Kei Vav Kei is that if you write out Yud, Yud is Yud Vav Yud. If you write out Yud Kei Vav Kei, so you can write out either Hey Yud, 
Vav Aleph Vav Heyud. So if you, and there's four different ways that it's written out. You don't have to add it up. But you can either write Heyud Vav Aleph Vav Heyud. You can write Yud K Vav K is Hey Aleph Vav Aleph Vav Hey Aleph. You can write it out as Hey Hey Vav Vav and Hey Hey. Or you can write it out. So as you go through the, the gematries of those, there's four ways of writing it out. Will be either Absag Ma Ben. The, uh, it's printed sometimes from Shimshon Mashapoli. If everything is, you know, Ab Sag Ma Ben, why is it Ben? It should be Nab, Nun Bez. So I, I believe it's quoted to him. He says in, in Kabbalah, I guess nine has a certain significance. You know, nine times five is 45. Four plus five is nine. You know, the nine times three is 27. Two plus seven is nine. There's a certain MS represented by the number nine in Gematria. So the Endas have, uh, have other attributions. So Ab Sag Ma Ben, so Ben, I guess the end of Nun would be. 700. Two also ends up being misparkatan in the nine. But anyway, if you add up Yudke Vavke, all of the spellings of this, that they add up the Ab Sagma Ben, and then you add up also the spellings of of Ekya, you could also spell that. You could say Ekya, you could do the He is He Yud, He Yud and a He Yud, or He and a He and a He and a He. So that would be minus 10. And then, or you could do He Aleph and He Aleph. So if you add up the different ways that you spell out Yud Ke Vav Ke and Ekya, Sha'ilim Tafresh Pe Vav. Okay, Shemekabel, and the truth is the seven names are really 587, so Pyras would be uh, six, sorry, 687, so Pyras would be a 686 plus one because of the Kailel, and he says also, Shemekabel, Minukva de Pardaska, Ki Pardas, Begmatria, Tafresh, Pevav. So for whatever this is worth to us at this point, Mitzara Voda, there's a Panemius tie in that we see. That ben Pyras is the same as the gematria of Yudke Vavke and Ekya with all of the uh, spelling them out, which is the same gematria of Pardaska, which is this Bechin of Chaitem, which relates to Tefillah that we started off with. And if you tie it all together, you see that Yosef represents this Bechin of Tefillah, which we said he was Zaychatu, Aide Shmiras Habris. Venital me Ruven, and he ultimately took the Bechira from Ruven, Aide Shachilel Yitzue Aviv. Why did Ruven lose it? Ultimately, because he had some element of a Pagam in the Bris. So where we are so far, we're not going to obviously finish the whole thing, where we are so far is that, that tefillah is our ikr kli, both in a kloliistic end of ways type sense and also in a pratidic sense. And the way to be zoichet to this tefillah is going to be through shmir sabris. And we see this coming out and manifesting. Uh, we, we, we had all of the linkages in the psukim and the word showing that there's a tie-in. And we see this come out through Yosef most clearly. Well, not as clear as some. some but we see this come out through Yosef most clearly, both in, a, both in the psukim and even in a panemistic sense, that he had this tie-in. Whoever is zoicha to using having this weapon to be able to gaver over all, all the negative sources, how do we should use tefillah? What are you going to do with the sword? You have to know how to use it. Right, going back to the dream. I can give you the sword if you have shmir sabris, and if also you know how to use the sword. So you need to know how to use the sword. So this, this I think, will have at least some sort of a takeaway. Or hopefully, well, shmir sabris, I guess, is also a takeaway, but this will also have. That a person, how, how do you use a sword? You have to know where to direct the sword, that the sword shouldn't veer to the right or to the left. What does it mean? So we're going we're gonna to say two pshatim. What it means is just based on, again, the purish that I have is from somebody named Yeshua Gross, who brings from all of the mafarshim on, on the sfarim. 
one way, one way of not veering to the right. So usually we talk about we, we talk about yamin and small as being chesed and gvura. But he says not not giving rachamim. We, we talk by you know that uh, Yishmael was was distorted. It was too much chesed. Arise is like too much chesed. Uh, Esav was brutal. It was gvura that was not tempered by chesed. So uh, and we'll speak more in a second. If a person is uh, gives chesed or is rachamim on somebody that's not right for it, so then that would be going too much one way. And if a person is ruthless, a person is too rigid and structured where where they shouldn't be employing that, then that's going to be too much to the left. If we say sheikhaylea elasayra veloyachti, it's a pasuk where does chet come up? Chet means to miss. Uh, people talk about chet is avera. Chet means you missed that you missed the mark. It comes up in a pasuk at the end of Shaftim where it talks about that after pelagish begiva by Binyamin that they were master slingshotters, I guess, but they that they were able to throw and they didn't miss. So that's one way. Another another way that he talks about is that the tefillah doesn't go either to the right or the left. As he says, you know, different things can happen when we daven. Sometimes a person davens and he doesn't feel like he's being answered. He's, he davens maybe to help him be gaiver on his tivus and he feels like they're not going anywhere. Sometimes they even get worse. So he says he relates that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is chas v'shalom and achzar. That a Kaddish Baruch Hu is not listening. He's cruel. He's not listening to my tefillahs. So he says, there's a process, there's a process to tefillah. That's going too much to the left. He says, what would be going too much to the right? He says, sometimes, sometimes a person could say, listen, what do my tefillahs do anyway? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is about rachamim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is about chesed. He needs my tefillahs. Oilam chesed yibana. We see that he gives people even where they don't deserve it anyway. And that could be going too much to the right. The truth is, is that there's a balance. On one hand, we say that everything happens from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Everything that happens in life is a message. On the other hand, if a person gets sick in the winter, sometimes I heard from Verkowitz, he said, everything is a message, but sometimes the message is wear a coat, stupid, right? Like, a person has to understand this balance between understanding that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has his kashas to the world and everything is responsive. It doesn't mean that everything is always going to go the way that we want, right? I think we mentioned last time, sometimes, sometimes the person that wins the Oscars at the movies is the guy who plays the part of the poor person. We said last time, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything you daven for you're going to get and every time that your tefillah, the way that you present it, isn't answered that it's a level of cruelty. Maybe HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving the best thing for you and whatever it is. But the bottom line is that a tefillah has to be structured in a certain way with a certain balance. V'zeh, and this idea of tefillah not going too much to the min, too much to the small, mishpat, ki mishpatu amuda usa. The idea of tefillah having a structure and, and, and being, being a, a productive and useful in the way it's supposed to be is coming through a midah called mishpat, which is the middle between chesed and gvura. Now, just one, one point about the, the, idea, the idea of mishpat. You know, we, we all want chesed. The truth is, is that in a practical sense, if I want to do chesed, so I say everybody that walks in, I'm going to give $1,000 to. I'm going to, give, I'm going to give unbridled chesed. The truth is, is that, let's say I want to give out money for Shabbos. My, I'm going to give everything. My money's not going to go very far. The people, I think a certain percentage of people that win the lottery either commit suicide or go bankrupt in a short period of time. My money's not going to achieve the most thing. What do I have to do? I have to establish maybe a board or forget about corruption, a board or an institution. Now, once I establish an institution, so then I'm going to hire somebody and his or her job is going to be to maximize resources and efficiencies. And it's all of a sudden, they're not going to be thinking chesed all the time. Their job or their role is going to seem very rigid. Right? So in a certain sense, if I want to accomplish chesed, unbridled chesed isn't even going to achieve my goal. You need to have 
some sort of an anchor and some sort of a framework in order to accomplish chesed. On the other hand, if I want to run, an, if, if I want to do chesed and all of a sudden, uh, I don't give anybody that doesn't deserve it and I'm not willing to give anybody a chance and you're not willing to give anybody a job unless their resume fits exactly or whatever it is, then you're going to be stifled and you're going to end up becoming cruel. So the, the, the chesed and gvura have a, it says, you know, uh, if, if a, by, when a person steps, so usually the right side is chesed. I think Ronald Lopiansky uses Marshall once. It says if a person is just like mid air, so then there's nothing holding them down. The left side is gvura. The reason that you're able to step forward is because your left foot anchors you, and then that's able to be that with your right step, you can choose a direction and you can go in a way where there's structure and it makes sense and you can go forward and be productive. The idea of being able to structure a relationship means in, in, in relationships also, there's a time for intimacy, there's a time to be able to get things otherwise things could fall apart. There's always going to be this blend of this blend of chesed and, and gvura. So he says, how ultimately do we relate through tefillah? Tefillah has to be something that's structured through mishpat. So he says, That's the middle, so to speak, between the chesed and the gvura, the right and the left. Which, of course, relates back to our pasuk about how the ikr weapon didn't miss its mark. That's our weapon. To go where it was designed to go. And that's how a person is able to daven keroi vizebachinas yechalkel dvarav b'mishpat. The person conducts; he puts in order his affairs, his words b'mishpat pasuk in tehillim. And that, so we see that tefillah and words are associated with this bechina called mishpat. So now we say that why was Yosef zoycher tefillah? He was zoycher tefillah through shmira sabris. Why dafka through Yaakov? Because in order to use tefillah, you need to have this element of mishpat, this element of structure. And Yaakov, when Yaakov says ani, he doesn't just mean me personally. He says, Ani, what I represent, my koyach, shehu bechinas mishpat, because if you ever see in one of these forums, you know, Avram is chesed, Yitzchak is vur, Yaakov is teferis. Teferis is representing that blend, that middle ground between chesed and gvura, and therefore, Yaakov says, I can give you the bechar, the pishnayim, that's the tefillah that we said. How is it that I can give you this koyach tefillah that you're zoyach to through shmir sabris? I can give it to you through this element of mishpat, which I have, and that's why Davka came through this avenue, v'zek, he chaykli Yisrael hu. It's a pasuk. By Bechinas uh, Bris. It says, The Pasuk we say by Brismila, he quotes, I put a chayk in the flesh, and the end of the Pasuk is, What is so, so what do we see? He says that the idea of a bris through which you're zoycha tetfila, the Pasuk represents both ideas, the Bechina of a bris through which a person is zoycha tetfila, and you see also, so that Mishpat Lelohe Yaakov is that you see also this element of Mishpat Hainu Shetzaroch Yosef Lekabel Zoysa Cherev Mibachinas Mishpat. So you see that Yosef was Zoycha to the Cherev, but in order to also through Shmir Sabris, but in order to know how to use it, he needed Mishpat Kadeshi Yechalkel Dvar Mishpat, and that he was able to receive from Yaakov Vizah. And this that David Melech said in Tehillim Elohim Mishpatecha Lemelech Tain. If it's a Chaschol Ben Melech, as the pasuk says, what does it mean Mishpatecha Lemelech Tain? That David Melech Davin on Melech Hamashiach Shemashiach, who's Iker Koyach, who's with Tfilo Yekabel Mibachinas. Mishpat would be able to get it from Mishpat because not just having tefillah, a person also has to understand understand what to do with it, and that, therefore it should come through Mishpat. 
Good. So now we saw how to be zoicha, but now we have to see how is a person zoicha to bechinas mishpat. How is a person zoicha? We're shooting for about. Okay, have it. we're just going to finish this piece. Says Valide ma zoicha lebechinas mishpat. How is a person going to be zoicha to mishpat? Alide tztaka. So this is now we're going to say the Shulchan Aruch brings this is Likute Allahas that I haven't been through, but but brings a lot of pnimius to Lefiva Simonim and Shulchan Aruch. I believe it's brought down. A person gives stuka before davening, before tefillah. So he says, how is a person going to be zeich? You want a tefillah to be makabel? You give stuka. Why stuka? Because if I give, I open up the flood. This is going to be a more deeper. How I date stuka? Shall I date stuka? Oichzin b'midas mishpat. Through tzedakah, a person Hakadosh Baruch Hu has a way that he has had a hanhaga with the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows us to open up those faucets. It's midah keneged midah. When we employ certain midos, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu employs those midos as well. Al yidei tztaka oichzin b'midas mishpat k'moshkazav sidkas Hashem asa u'mishpatav im Yisrael. So it's a pasuk by talking about by Moshe Rabbeinu that Moshe Rabbeinu, <coughs> through his being in the mitzvah of tztaka, he was zoichet to be able to judge k'moshkazav mishpat tztaka biyakov atasisa. And you see that this pasuk is talking about tztaka and mishpat. It says mishpat utztaka biyakov asisa. Just a reference that we see that mishpat and tztaka are tied together. Why? How does it work? Kitztaka aydeza mishpat. Tztaka itself is working in a vein of mishpat k'moshkazav Elohim shayfet zayashbil v'zayarim. What's going on when a person? Everything by tztaka is a kaddish bar. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't get anything back. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu arranges the world and he takes from one and he gives to the other, there's a certain shikul, shikul adas, as it were. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is arranging things. You're arranging an organization, arranging a world, CEO of the world. So he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will judge, Zeyash bil v'zeyarim. Shemayrish lezeh, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives to an ani, umashil lezeh. When a person gives he takes away from him, he's making a decision. He takes away from him, and he gives to another. I'm just going to get to that end of the paragraph with a little hey. It's not that much further. So when a person gives tzedakah, and we're going to see giving tzedakah before davening, so a person is employing this Mida called Mishpat that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does also, and we're able to open up and to tap into this idea of Mishpat, which we said is there so that tefillahs could be niskabel. So, so far, what do we have, as at least in certain takeaways? Tefillah, which, go back three more minutes. Tefillah, which we, we spoke about last time, is the element to really to, to really grow, is just seeing the Ratzon Hashem in every single thing. But in terms of interacting and in terms of, of Tefillahs, and not just Chayn, but in terms of our Tefillahs, we saw, number one, to be Zoychet Shishmir Sabris, and to have, to be Zoychet to the quality, to the to be able to have Tefillah. And in order to be able to interact, the Tefillah has to be like, like a, a slingshot that won't miss. The Tefillah has to accomplish what, what it's supposed to accomplish. And that way, what it does is a person has to tap into Mishpat. One of the ways that we could happen to Mishpat, or the way he says it's tzedakah, because this is how HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. We all want things. We're, we're, we're an Ani, and he's the Ashir. So what do we do? We lessen, we turn ourselves we, we turn ourselves into Ani, and we give. We employ this midah of rearranging assets and Mishpat, and therefore it's going to open up also our our, our ability to relate to Hashem through Tfilu B'Shvil Zes, as the Shulchan Aruch, Sarach L'Hafresh, Tzedakah, K'aydamat Tfilah, K'deshi Yuchal L'Chalkel Dvarav, so that his words B'Mishpat, so that he can arrange his words B'Mishpat, and they won't miss. This is Viter. So he says, How is Yosef? We see, so we said Yosef. So where's the Mishpat with Yosef? We said Yosef had Shmir Sabris, and we said that Yosef got, so he was Makabal from Yaakov. Where do we see that Yosef did Staka? We, we, we're, we're setting up a system. Mm-hmm. 
And why did Yaakov give the Bechaira, the two Chalakim, Dafka to Yosef? Because Yaakov supported, he sustained, as, as if to say, the Ani. The so a person raises an orphan in his house, and then the, the, he gives the person that needs, and then at some later point, the orphan, the person who needs, becomes rich, and then he gives back, and it's a cycle. So Yaakov, Yosef sustained Yaakov when he was in Mitzrayim, and then later on, Yaakov became rich, and he had the Reuven lost the Bechar, and it was Yaakov to give again, and he gave the Bechor back. And we see a remez, that Yosef supported his father and his brothers, according to the size of their household, their children. See, if you use the Tzuras Adaf, it's only one column. It looks like shorter than that one. Like a Pasuk in Yechezkel, that it uses the solution of Ataf, not as children, but as words. And now we see that we see a Lushen of Dibor and Tefillah, how is Yosef able to sustain? Because it had this element of tzedakah. And once he gave tzedakah, then he was going to be zaycha to the Bechar. At that point, Yaakov, who represented Mishpat, turned around. He was able to give the Bechaira. Just finishing up. If they get okay, so he says, and just the last paragraph to get to Vav, that way we'll finish it up next time. The Iker Shel So now, what's the flip side of this? What prevents our tefillah? The dark cloud. The Iker Shel Kilkel. See, at least if I mute the people on the phone, I don't have to deal with that. It says, Hey, Maide Kilko, Hamishpat. So, what is causing Mashava Zaros, which at least you see over here also, part of the way that we relate to Tefillah is through our Kavanas and Amashavas. What causes the issues over there? A Kilko in this element of Mishpat. Ki Mishpat hu Einen. So, now for this, you know, I told you last time, it's like having a computer. You open up a thousand windows, and at the end, you try to tie them all together, and you end up with one cohesive picture. Where do we see that this element of Mishpat is lost? Uh, because if we say that mishpat is the same as represents einen and i kmoshakasiv vayavoel ein mishpat by kedarla omer it says ein mishpat so we see that the Indian of the ayin and the Indian of mishpat are related vizeh bechinas ein yaakov and that's what it says that well Moshe we gave the bracha to klal yisrael it says vayishkon yisrael betach badad ein yaakov that yisrael will dwell alone ein yaakov is like ein yaakov is like yaakov's bracha and yaakov represented mishpat valide kilko mishpat ba kilko and through messing up Mishpat, there's a kilkel in the ayin. That when somebody, when there's bribery and a person can't judge appropriately, it says like he's blinded. So we see that a kilkel in Mishpat is associated with having some sort of a pagam also in this element of vision and the eye. It's like clouds are covering the eye. So, so now we say after after we tied together and we, we went through a whole journey to understand how zoichet tefillah and once you have tefillah to understand what to do with it through shmir sabris and through mishpat. Now we see on the flip side when this element of mishpat is missed, messed up, so then the tefillah will miss. A person won't be able to daven appropriately, and we're using this through a reference to in psukim because we want to tie together that mishpat is associated with the ayin, and he says that a person's messed up tefillahs come through his eyes uh, through through some sort of a pagam in this. 
this, and he says this is the bechina of strange thoughts coming in tefillin. It's like some sort of a clouding over of the eyes, and based on the parish over here, which he gets from a later simon, so he says that this is like the klipa of Esav and Yishmal, which we said, by the way, is what's Esav and Yishmal, incidentally? It's distorted chesed and distorted gvura. So these ideas where you have the klipa, you have the inappropriate, the shell, right? That's what we said last time. Go on, I'll finish a minute. The, the, the distorted, we said if the peel is on the orange, then it's productive, it's vibrant, it stays orange, it creates life. When it comes off and it's distorted and it's not serving the item, so then... So then, so, so then already, then it becomes it becomes extra tangential. It's not related. So this is where the anonin cover over the eye. K'moshe kasev sakaisa ba'anan lach that if if a cloud at the end of the pasuk, it's pasuk in eicha me'avert tefillah that that that's going to the anon is going to prevent the tefillah from passing from passing through. However, tzedakah is going to strengthen the mishpat, uh, so to the extent that the machshav zaras are going to distort the mishpat and prevent the tefillah from going through, the idea of tzedakah and engaging mishpat will strengthen it, ula'asid, and la'asid lavo by mashiach she'yisukan b'chinas mishpat, k'mosha kasov, tzion b'mishpat tipada, that tzion will be redeemed and it's going to achieve a tikkun through the b'chinah of mishpat, right, tzion b'mishpat tipada, so that's where it comes back, azayis aber, anonin demachasin al then the clouds that are preventing the tefillah will pass. Kemosha kasev ki ayin ba ayin yiro b'shuva shem tzion will be zoycha to a clear seeing with the ayin, which is mishpat, and the clouds won't be covering it over. B'shvil zeh nikra yosef ben pyras ale ayin, and now bring it back home. That's where we see that ben pyras yosef yosef who had this bechina of of the the chaytem and the pardaska that he through the shmir sabris he was zoycha to tefillah, and he ended up being uh, being zoycha to mishpat through Yaakov and through also supporting Yaakov. So also ben pyras ale. Ayin, that, that this is where the ayin works its way back in, is where Yosef also was associated with tefillah. Okay, I didn't have time, but I may record afterwards just a, just talking about Erech HaPayim and Mishpat, uh, just because in this week's parsha it says, uh, it says, Tzortam Palo Ki Kol Mishpat, so I'll mention it later. Okay, Shkoyach.